0: What's up you guys, Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com, here with a name you know, but I'll tell you where you don't know him, from uh, any interview he did with me in Chicago, because he big leagued me, he said, you didn't come interview me in my hometown, so I'm not doing one with you in Chicago, but, it's Tom Lawler, he's on Bloodsport 7, October 22nd on Fight, Tom how you doing? I'm doing good Sean, I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, don't make police <laughs> the DMs.
1: 'Cause I don't think I said I wasn't gonna do the interview. I think I just pointed out the fact that the week before you had been in my hometown of Las Vegas. Well, I guess I guess, you know, if you're not in the WWE and you're there for SummerSlam, you're not a big enough star, so why would you interview me? But uh I finally, Well, here we are. Well we I wanna we, for you finally.
0: Do do you remember when I came up to you at Black Label Throw, Black Label Pro and I threatened you? I put my finger in your face and I was like Tom Lawler. If you don't do an interview with me before Bloodsport, I'm going to slightly inconvenience you by making you kick my ass. And you're like, fine, fine, we'll do it. And here we are. And here we are. And Anthony Green looked at me like, that's a bad son of a bitch.
1: Actually, actually, uh, Josh Barnett threatened – well, he asked me, which I just – I'm uh, – like, I don't want to say I'm scared of the guy. But, <laughs> I am. But I am. So he asked me to do the interview. I was like, Yes. Yes, sir.
0: Please. There, there was one time I was scheduled for an interview with Josh Barnett and I called the number that was provided for me and a person who sounded just like Barnett answered the phone twice and said, this is not who you're looking for. Sounded just like him. I called that number back a third time and he answered. It was, yes, it was the strangest thing I've ever experienced or he was just busting my balls and <laughs> I'm too intimidated by him to even ask, but well, <laughs> well, now we, now we have it out in the air. So I'm sure. Exactly. A- so you got blood sport coming up. I mean, I, I love this format. I love this. I mean, so many people who, who came up training MMA or catch wrestling or anything like this is probably how they trained. This is how a lot of people learned how to wrestle. And, uh, this is, I think like the purest form of, of the, the wrestling MMA hybrid and you're here working blood sport you're against Alex Coughlin how do you feel transitioning I know that you you left your gloves in the ring after your last MMA fight but you have transitioned to pro wrestling you're one of the the hottest indie wrestlers out there right now if you can even call yourself an indie wrestler because you're working everywhere but you're under contract how are you balancing all this how have you liked the transition into full time
1: I mean it's to me it's all the same I mean I have to look at it uh, in a very similar way that I did to MMA. Uh, it's just that now I have a lot more chances to try to get myself over. Um, <laughs> the downside now that I'm back on the road is that, like you can see, I'm back on the road. So yeah. uh, the travel sucks. I've lost weight, uh, you know, just from being who knows where all the time and surviving on coffee. What's
0: your Um, your walking weight right now?
1: Oh, yesterday I got on the scale. So uh, the last uh, MLW show, I'll tell you what happened. Alex Kane, the suplex assassin, um, questioned me when I said I weighed like 205. Right. He said, no way. He said, you're at least 215, 220. I said, buddy, there's no way in hell. So I got on the scale when I got home. I think I was like 206 or something. So uh, this past week, I didn't sleep very well on uh, one of the nights. My sleep schedule's all screwed up from traveling. And, uh, you know, that affected my eating habits. And, like, I woke up, and I checked my weight. It was 197. After It was after morning. But after lifting weights, it wasn't like a cardio workout. Do you think
0: the exaggeration of weights in wrestling for so long, like, has caused people to be surprised? Because, like, I asked EC3 one time, and he's like, man, I've never been above 225. And he's like, and my Wikipedia lists me as 250. And he's a big jack dude. But, I mean, as we've seen, the most athletic MMA fighters are usually not 300 pounds. They're they're never 300 pounds. What am I talking about? They're never that big. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I'll say about it is go
1: watch, like, matches of mine from current day, current time era, knowing what I weigh now, and look at the build weights of some of these other guys when they go out there and wrestle, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no way that they're within spinning distance of, of what I weigh. I dwarf them, but on paper, it'll be like two pounds difference. So,
0: And then when you, you move over to pro wrestling, like Riddle used to fight at 170. Now he walks around at like 210, 215.
1: Yeah. No, he's, he's probably a legit 220. I would bet 220, 225, but he's like, he's taller than I am. He's like six two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got, a greater uh, chance to get bigger. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I just get wider and fatter, so I don't look as good. You know, he's got a leaner, friend, a V-shaped torso. Um, you know, I've been told that my features are too deep set to be considered classically handsome, and he seems to be quite a heartthrob. So, uh, you know, I hate to compare myself to the guy.
0: So Bloodsport 7... You, you get the call to do your, your your these blood sport shows how are you feeling cuz obviously coming from your background this had to be something that was in your mind already before the first time you ever did one
1: yeah the i love these blood sport shows um they are it's one of the things that like if you are a wrestler uh and you hang around on the uh in the locker rooms these are the shows that all the wrestlers want to be on yeah. you know what i mean it's for the wrestlers, it's, uh, a matter of prestige to a certain extent, you know, um, Josh Barnett is, as we talked about earlier, he's, uh, no nonsense. Uh, he's a tough guy and he likes tough wrestling and, uh, to be chosen to be on it is kind of a a badge of honor. And, you know, even with, you know, the martial arts accolades I have, um, even with you know being in the UFC for uh, an eternity, you know being on these shows is still like it means something to me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure if I went out there and stunk up the joint on these shows, I wouldn't be back on them. You know what I mean? Uh, but I've been lucky enough. Now I think I might. I think I might have had to. There was one or two I may have had to miss um, due to other stuff. Uh, but I've been on a, a good portion of them, and uh, it's I'm very. Sixth very proud to have been on them actually
0: is it yeah it's your sixth one uh Cobb Grimm uh Homicide Walter and Davy Boy I think unless I'm missing one and then this will be your sixth I think I mean that's and you were on the very first one you were on went back when it was Riddles
1: I think I was I think I was gonna miss the um maybe the Wrestlemania one that didn't happen and then I was lucky enough to get Ah, on the, the next one is maybe maybe what it was um but like I said I mean, like it's a badge of honor, you know, uh, it's awesome to be chosen, uh, by Josh. And, and especially, uh, not even if you're like just a pro wrestler, you know, without MMA it's like Chris Dickinson, I'm sure it's an honor for him, but even coming from an MMA background, it's an honor for me as well.
0: And I just mentioned like the wide array of people that, that you've worked like Simon Grimm. one of my favorite WWE live memories is watching him and Chad Gable chain wrestle in the ring. And I was like, man, this is, he- this is rad.
1: He's phenomenal. He's one of these guys that if you are a fan of wrestling, like you want him more places. You know what I mean? Like I would love to see him pop up at more spots.
0: And then you face people like Homicide, who people might not look at and say blood sport. Uh, Maybe, yeah, blood, less sport. But like, how do you walk in and out of the transitions of that? Because I mean, that one was one of your longer blood sport matches. And it was against a guy that a lot of people don't assume traditionally works that style.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I've been accused uh, also in the past of not working the traditional uh, style, uh, you know, and, and having more spots in some of the matches. So um, it's it's tough, honestly, to uh, try and, and blend it all together and, you know, have somebody believe um, that there's a, there's a fight going on. There's You don't get – it's weird. Like the, the crowd, you don't get the suspension of disbelief you know, they're not as willing to accept you can't go out there and just do a bunch of high spots. The crowd, this crowd's not gonna want that. I think they, I think if somebody did that, they would get booed out of the building. Um and I like honestly, every match that I have now, um, I kind of view it as like a challenge, like how using like mostly mixed martial arts techniques to a certain extent, you know, legitimate techniques, how can I uh get like the best match with this person uh that I can. And when I look at it like that, I mean, it doesn't like make the mental transition hard. It makes it a challenge. And I think that that makes me better, you know, Um, even in like fighting, I always like these weird things. You know what I mean? Like uh, I fought John Vellante, who was like, I was a middleweight and he's like 250 pounds. So to me, that's a freak fight. So it's like stuff like that really excites me. You know what I mean?
0: one of the things I love most about seeing somebody with MMA experience is how they'll take like simple holds that you see in wrestling every day, like, like a rear chin lock. And if an MMA fighters doing it, you'll see them adjust it to where it's more like a jaw lock or a rear naked choke. You'll see them like throw a hook in as opposed, to, or just put a foot in front of the hip. That way the opponent can't sit out things that maybe you don't see from people who don't train that where you're looking at them and you're like, well, why wouldn't they sit out? Why wouldn't they turn into it? Why wouldn't they try to to, to rock backwards or anything like that? I know that you were doing pro wrestling well before most people knew about you in MMA, but like what parts of MMA have you taken and applied to pro wrestling that are common sense to you, but maybe aren't widespread in wrestling?
1: Yeah, if you watch uh, a lot of my matches, after it's simple stuff. Like uh, if I hit a move and um, the opponent kicks out, a lot of times I'll immediately go to a hold. You know what I mean? I'll transition to a hold. I very rarely make covers without cradling or grabbing an arm like i'm going to move to the next thing because that's what i would do in a realistic situation um one of the things that i realized pretty early on when i started uh you know back on the scene wrestling was that you know there's all these guys who can do high flying there's all these guys who can do um you know creative uh you know spots on the mat you know big head head drops and stuff like that but Um, I can't do that stuff. (laughs) Like I can't do a backflip. I wish I could, you know, but I can't. So I had to do stuff that's different. And one of the things that's different is if you watch guys make covers, they'll like no weight on the shoulders. You want somebody to believe that you're, you're trying to win this contest. You know what I mean? Like you've got to actually act like you're trying to win. You've got to put your weight on them. You've got to cradle them. You've got to try to pin them. You know how hard it is to pin somebody for three seconds. It's very hard you'd be flopping around like a fish, even if they're, you know, on dream street. So like, that's one of the things that I think I do. That's, I mean, it's better than what yeah. most people do because it's more realistic. So, um, you know, I think that's what, if I could pinpoint one thing, like that would be probably it.
0: That is one of like, you mentioned the cradle and like weight on somebody's shoulders. That's one of the things that drives me nuts, like watching WWE and, not saying I can wrestle better than any of these people, but I'll like they'll do the roll up all the time, and the yeah. weight's all on somebody's ass, and I'm like, why? Are, wh- why isn't their shoulder up? Why aren't they getting a shoulder up here? Like that's the point of that is to stack them, and I, I see so many MMA fighters and wrestlers that are like that's just second nature. Like you put the weight on the shoulders, you you prevent them from kicking out. Like yeah, it's 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 common for that. Well. Uh, that's not the only thing you're, you've been working lately. You're, right now, you're at the New Japan tapings as mm-hmm. we as we film this, and you've been like working there heavy the last year. And to me, New Japan strong. What I see there is like that's what I always hoped that like NXT would become, like this great like thing where you see a, a, a bevy of styles, a, a, a wealth of different experiences. You'll see big stars pop in and out of there. And it's become like one of the the best shows, best wrestling shows every week. How has that experience been for you?
1: It's funny that you mentioned NXT in the same breath because uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it was somebody in New Japan who made this comparison, but essentially, I mean, what New Japan Strong is, if you look at it, is it's like the the New Japan version of NXT, but it just so happens to be here in the states now. Luckily, right now we have. You know, with unluckily because of the global situation, uh, luckily there's guys like Jay White, uh, David Finley, Will Ospreay, who, you know, don't have the opportunity to go to Japan right now and uh, are here, you know, or, you know, like.
0: It it was shocking to me when Kenta was there and then I was like, wait, why wouldn't he be there? He lived in America for several years and it, it worked out great for him. Yeah, and, like,
1: I mean, as terrible as the situation has been um, for New Japan on the Japanese front as far as uh, being able to get fans in the building um, and stuff like that, it's helped, I think, in a way over here because we've been able to get the stars. Uh, Tanaha, I mean, like, Tanahashi's been here. Suzuki is here currently, you know, doing his U.S. tour. Ishii, so uh, – um, Ishimori. I mean, there's yeah. there's just so many guys that are that are here that I don't think would be here otherwise. So in one way, it, it's been awesome. Um, and for me, obviously, career wise, it's been great. Um, if you look at New Japan Strong, I like to look at it as like the Team Filthy Showcase.
0: Every-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that every week, but there really are uh, some like interesting. I think I think the show the show is awesome. Obviously, I love it the is. show. Um, and I'm like as proud as I am to be on Bloodsport, I'm just as proud to be part of New York. You know, I love this stuff. And every week you get good matches. Uh, you get you can watch the rise of the guys in the dojo right now. You can see them growing up like Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, um, Ren Narita, uh, and soon to be, I'm sure, Alex Coglin, uh, who I'm going to face next week at Bloodsport. Um, you could watch those guys rise up through the ranks and you could also see, you know, the stars in Japan, you can also see guys like veterans, like
0: myself, Kratos, uh, Fred Rosser you know, has Fred really, Ross. like nobody expected him to show out the way that he has. And he's had an incredible yeah. run there.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the, the age of these guys is, but I'm pretty sure like myself, Fred Kratos, Rocky, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're all kind of in the same age bracket. Oh yeah, Rocky's think, old as hell. He's no, he's like a year or something older than me. Maybe well, old, we're the Old same. as hell. Old as hell. <laughs> I think we're the same age, but uh, like, there's really, it's tough to call myself a veteran, but age-wise, <laughs> I am. But there's, you know, a good crop of everything. Get everything. Mysterio. So, uh,
0: speaking, <laughs> speaking of your career, Leo Rush. Oh, I've loved Leo's work there. I think Leo's work there is what truly led him to being able to land a deal with AEW because they saw what kind of work he could do consistently, and he's killing it. Uh,
1: Yeah, when you see him backstage, it's like he loves being there. I mean, I don't know. It looks like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Workers work, brother. I mean... (laughs) So uh speaking of your career, about two years ago in November it was announced you had signed a multi year deal with MLW. It's been multiple years since then. What's what's up, Tom?
1: Did you trick did you trick me into this
0: interview? Is that what's going
1: on Maybe. here? I mean,
0: I am trying I'm trying to be the contract guy these days. Are are you gonna be are you gonna be eligible to discuss um contract stuff soon?
1: That, that may be the case
0: <laughs> i think, I think it is I think that is the case. so as far as New Japan goes, is that like per appearance? I don't really
1: think I'm at liberty to discuss this uh Sean
0: I'm just saying I'm just saying I mean you might be one of the hottest free agents on the market soon and and you're just sitting here like all coy about it like like man.
1: I'm I'm a prize fighter. You are a prize fighter. That's that's a good way to put it. So you started the interview, kind of asking about me laying my gloves down, but I've never officially retired. I know you, Cody
0: no. Rhodes, did. <laughs> <laughs> Little do you all know, this is this is Tom's way of securing his own reality show on TNT. Listen,
1: I've got to get through Bloodsport and yeah, Alex. You top do,
0: him. you do, right?
1: So I can't be counting my chickens before they hatch.
0: That's true. That's true. I'll find that somewhere. I'll find out somewhere else. That's, that's what I'll do. But right now, I want to play a bit of a game. Filthy or not filthy with Tom Lawler. I'm going to list you some maybe filthy people in wrestling, and you're going to tell me if they're filthy or not. First off, the nasty boys, Brian Nobbs, Jerry Sags, they're not filthy, but they're nasty. What, what do you think? Yeah, they're filthy. I mean they very picked, they picked very a fight with Ken bad. Shamrock.
1: I know. Very and you know what? Ken Shamrock years later power-bonded me on the floor of a bar in Atlanta against my will. So, I don't know if I should thank them for going after him or if I should blame them <laughs> for it. So, so, but I like you know what I really like I like their outfits,
0: and I love. Buddy, buddy. So, filthy. Are these filthy or not filthy? (laughs) Look at these bad boys! Look at these. I liked it so much. I've got some similar style vans on. Yeah. Oh, oh, buddy, you're gonna you're gonna piss off Top (laughs) Dollar. Oh yeah, that's
1: fine, dude. I drive a minivan. Top Dollar, come find me in the kids' parking
0: lot. Top Dollar's coming after you. Dirty Dutch Mantel. He's dirty. Is he filthy? Mm.
1: You know, the last time I saw saw him, Uncle Zeb. Hmm. Not too filthy. Really? Was he cleaned up? He's still got the beard. He had the beard, but he had like a well he was well dressed, you know.
0: Okay. What yeah, about yeah. dirt? We've also got Dirty Dick Slater, maybe more more of a legend in Didn't he do some really uh kind of a dirty dirtball kind of guy? Probably. I'm not that. I'm not the historian here. So uh well, let's go with Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony, who's also known as TL Hopper.
1: Yes. Yes. Coincidentally,
0: what are my initials? There you go. But here here's my issue with it is he really filthy if he's looking to clean people's like septic systems and all that stuff? Like, doesn't that sort of go against the filthy? Well, nature?
1: <laughs> if I remember correctly, he looked like he was simply cleaning them for the pleasure of being covered. That's true. So maybe that was the motive behind it. It wasn't necessarily for monetary gain. Yes. Or, or even to help out the other people. He just wanted, you know, he's like a, like a, like a killer, you know? The people are going
0: to die eventually anyways. Of course. Then we've got right. Sick Nick Mondo. Sick? Is he filthy? He filmed me getting my hair cut once. That, that's pretty cool. But uh, he uh he's a videographer now. He does all kinds of stuff. He was a deathmatch guy.
1: Yeah, what kind of videographer is he?
0: I don't know. He's it, did, it, it, it was, adult? It was that, no, is that AEW? I mean... Oh. He's probably <laughs> too filthy anymore then. No, he's it's actually... He's very, like, straight-laced, and yeah. you would never expect it.
1: Nah, Interesting.
0: Not so-, so the only other non-blood sport thing I want to ask you, I was looking through your cage match profile. I do it for, for shits and gigs <laughs> just before every interview, and I see I see, <laughs> I see uh, June 24, 2006, JP oh. Ace and Tom Waller against Kip James and Ron Killings yes. in Cocoa Beach, Florida, I am yeah. made of questions right now.
1: <laughs> Lay them on me.
0: Oh I've my gosh,
1: we need to get the bloodsport. I got, I got some time.
0: Oh yeah. So as I see, you had had you had matches like as far as a year ahead of this, which I'm assuming you had plenty more before that. But so
1: if I had matches that I don't know, I don't know why they don't show up on there. You know, there's
0: probably like 20
1: other matches. Yeah. I think by the time. I had already had a WWE tryout as well okay. at like Deep South. By the time I had that, that tag match, yeah. I think that was one of my last matches uh, before I was fighting full time.
0: Think, you, but think I you'll in- think you'll have any more this year?
1: Huh? Think
0: you'll have any uh-huh. more WWE tryouts this year, or do you think you'll sign directly?
1: I think I'm well over the uh, age. Limit. <laughs> oh no! Right? I'm 38 years old, bud. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so. I was in a tag team with JP Ace, called the Down Boys.
0: Ooh, with a Z. Yeah. No. Oh, come on. No, we,
1: but we used to come out to Warrants, where the Down Boys go. <laughs> okay. Right. That was yeah, big baby face team on the Indies back then. Actually, like our my matches against Buck Quartermane and Les Love it. I remember Buck Quartermain. On there because there was a hot series of matches going on uh, wow. around the Tampa area back then between the Down Boys and Lex Lovett and Buck Quartermane. They were on TNA
0: uh, a couple times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Buck Horterman has was working construction one time. <laughs> I was working at a bar. I saw him. So cool. <laughs> but yeah, what, what else do you want to know? So, I, ended up, uh, the, I, I believe they were the James Gang or something at that yes. time. Out of, at the Cocoa Beach, like pavilion and i remember this succinctly not only because we essentially got squashed in the match uh and they wanted nothing to do with wrestling us but uh some asshole in the crowd threw like a d-cell battery oh no like those things are heavy (laughs) yes it's like big ones dude we're like a job per tag team it's not like we're in some blood feud with these guys who did anything to the crowd you huck some fucking V-cell batteries at, at poor kids? Fuck. I never had that happen at the UFC or Bloodsport.
0: Uh, so how were, how were Kip James and Ron Killings to work with? Because, I mean, at that point, they're under contract to TNA, it, but they're still making making their dates, uh, their indie dates. They took
1: care of us. Oh, really? We,
0: I don't think we got much offense, but,
1: yeah, I mean, it's they certainly didn't, like take advantage of us under any means they're
0: swatting nine volt batteries out of the <laughs> air as they as they with it. <laughs> it,
1: it, it battery i know that <laughs>
0: oh i was just so i just love it it's like that's the third match on your your cage match profile is like oh you know just just a former nwa champion and a guy who was in dx no big deal <laughs> <laughs>
1: i know oh. uh yeah i always used to love like because there was a uh, period of years where i didn't watch wrestling at all and i'd like you know, I started watching it again, and our, our our truth was, like, in the main event scene, him in the Miz. Yeah. Tag team, and, and, like, I would tell my ex-girlfriend at the time, like, look, I wrestled that guy. <laughs> like I lost that guy. I was so proud of it.
0: So but, at any point during your UFC run, did you say, oh, maybe let me go wrestle a match or something like that? And if so, how did they respond?
1: Yes, that happened. Not well. <laughs> uh, in a managing gig for Red Dragon. Uh, in Ring of Honor, that that, uh, Court Bauer set up. My man Court set it up way back when. So that was like 20...
0: I remember hearing (laughs) a scuttlebutt about this.
1: 2013 or 2014 or something like that. Uh, They had a a match against the Young Bucks, two out of three falls. I managed them to victory. It was an awesome match. Uh, Yeah. And then I was set to... uh, they were going to have me manage uh, red dragon like semi full time at, I believe it was going to be like at pay-per-views at big shows. Um, and the UFC yelled at me for it. I was told not to do
0: it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I know there quite frankly, with things in your MMA career, there's been a lot of moving the goalposts as for things that have happened to you and then how they happened to other people, which is kind of weird because now, Masvidal's out there cracking Jericho in the face with a knee. Uh, Yeah. and Dana White's like Dana White's like, huh? What? That's happening? Oh, okay. Bet he had fun. Like, I mean, that's does it does it surprise you or is it just one of those things that's like, well, I had to I had to crawl so they could run?
1: You know, at the end of the day, I mean, I just gotta be honest with myself. Not a big enough draw. (laughs) I didn't make enough money if I did. Things would have been different. They would have they would have stuck behind me. They would have sucked my dick like they do some of <laughs> the other guys. And that's not what happened.
0: They in fact did not suck your dick. That just, yes, certainly not. <laughs> that isn't what yeah. happened. But uh you got Bloodsport seven, October twenty second on fight. You got Alex Coughlin. You you faced them before. You've you faced them. I think maybe last year or New Japan, or maybe it was earlier this year. New Japan. It was even before Strong. It was New Japan Lions Break Collision. There you go. So what are you? How are you looking for this to to adjust? Maybe be different than that that. Well, like the
1: whole time, while uh, when names are getting announced for Bloodsport, and I would see matches announced uh, by Josh on it's on Twitter. It's not like. Like, I don't know that anybody knows the matchups before he announces them. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's nobody's clued us in. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? So you see a match announced, oh, it's not going to be one of those guys. Uh, and you start wondering who it's going to be. And, you know, I'm looking at the list of guys. And this is a guy that over the past, like you mentioned, over the past year, probably it's been a little bit more than that, maybe a year and a half uh, since we faced off. This guy's grown tremendously. Uh, And I know that he's done work with Josh. uh, I have been able to witness firsthand the training that uh, they do under Shibata. And I'm sure that, you know, he's going to be more than versed. I know he, I I mean, I know he's more than well-prepared in uh, you know, legitimate fighting style and and fighting arts. Um, This guy is like strong as a horse uh, pound for pound, he's probably the strongest guy, I think, on the entire New Japan roster, New Japan strong, the main roster included. Um, he's out there, Corellon lifting two guys at once. He's just got phenomenal, phenomenal strength, uh, which is very But I have experience on my side. Um, one of the things that's good and bad about Coglin being in the position that he's in is that, you know, in the in the Young Lions system, you're kind of – you're restricted in a way as to the offense that you can have, and I'm not. So I'm going to have a great <laughs> variety of techniques uh, to throw at him. His basics uh, and his fundamentals are going to be – off the charts through the roof Uh but it's not gonna be enough to carry him in this contest he I know because he tweeted about this when the magical was announced I was the last guy he wrestled before he injured his neck Ooh, a year ago yeah oh, I'm just gonna were. go right back after it you know why would I do anything different
0: also on that card you got Marina Shafir against Masha two two women one looking to prove something another one just got signed. You got Davy Richards on the card, Jr. Kratos and Calvin Tankman. I'm I'm ready for that sirloin yeah. beef sons of bitches fight there. What
1: a what two monsters! That's like that's better than Godzilla and Kong.
0: I'm ready for it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm so ready for it. And then Eric Hammer against Bad Dude Tito. Uh, not not even to mention that Josh Barnett facing somebody who's also looking to prove something in uh, yeah. Tiger Huas. It's it's such a really good card. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry, isn't Minoru Suzuki on the show? Yeah, I, th- I think some guy I, named Minoru Suzuki is on the show.
1: Yeah. Uh, is Dickinson on the show?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's on the show too.
1: No, the yeah. uh, there's some other people who ha- who haven't had their matches announced. So not only you
0: yes. know the matches
1: mentioned, but there's there's more matches to come. Yeah.
0: So excited for this! I love this. And f- for a guy like Carrion Cross who stepped in there, and a lot of people didn't know what he was actually capable of. Within that world, a lot of people get their eyes open and they're like, oh my God, he just killed it yeah. with Davy Boy Smith Jr. And Davy Boy Smith Jr., right back in the WWE. And it's like, I mean, he
1: did good stuff at MLW, but he's done awesome, phenomenal stuff in Bloodsport. You know, it seemed like that really brought the best out of him.
0: Bloodsport 7, October 22nd on Fight. You guys need to check it out who who would you like to like if you could bring anybody whether it be mma amateur wrestling uh pro wrestling anything like that in one just to beat their ass two another (laughs) one another one that you'd like i'd like to test myself against them i mean beat their ass
1: would be brian alvarez okay okay right that's an easy one right
0: uh i mean listen listen if you want to create less competition for me i'm not gonna (laughs) stop you there i like brian just fine but i
1: I tried to have you guys fight it out at black label pro and it didn't go
0: down Man, it didn't i don't think a lot of people realize that brian is like a legit black belt like yeah he's very good i'm rolled with him it is very Uh, funny to me when i'll see like trolls on twitter and i'm like no he would choke you unconscious in like less than a minute if he wanted to
1: there there's no one that I really like that I want to test myself against. You that's, know what I that's mean? The like
0: headline. I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll
1: be honest. I'm in it for the easy payday. <laughs> oh, so, like throw Beetlejuice or somebody at me, you know, Like that's who I want. But, but I would love, there's a bunch of people I'd love to bring in or see fight in Bloodsport. or, you know, there's matchups I would love to make.
0: Man. See, I got to go for the salacious yeah. headline. What do you want the headline of the first article to be? <laughs> we we had Tom one we had one today that was that said Tom Roman Waller oh go ahead Jed sorry
1: fight and blood sport Sean Ross Sap versus Pat prod
0: oh good God <laughs> I thought that went under the radar Jesus Christ my God Keep up on the dirt man worked myself a you know the shoot would, there
1: you no know I would love to see is uh on a on a serious note uh is Shuri from oh, start- Shuri Kondo. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean UFC veteran, I would I would like to consider myself the US version of Shuri, but I'm not even close. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, another UFC veteran uh who's doing awesome in the pro wrestling ring. Like one of the best in the world.
0: So. I can't wait until things open up more because I mean, when I saw things maybe not going her way in the UFC, I was like, man, she's going to she's gonna come back over to wrestling and she's just going to kill it. And then I, I feel like she took a booking um, maybe before her UFC deal was up. And I was like, oh. oh, she's got her mind on it. She's got her mind on it. And she has been killing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's been phenomenal. I've been watching Stardom uh, over the past few months. And, you know, I think it's it might be my favorite wrestling to watch you know, out there. I just think it's a phenomenal product.
0: Guys, again, Friday, October 22nd in LA. You can go to bloodsport7.eventbrite.com. Josh Barnett's Bloodsport7. Tom Lawler, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, even though it's not in your hometown of Las Vegas. Yeah, no problem, Sean. I had a great time. You think I wanted to interview Jinder Mahal instead of you? Uh, I would like to interview Jinder Mahal. He was a good I asked him yeah. about Arjan Buhler. Uh, that, that, remember, when yeah. he he was supposed to do a walkout with Jinder while he was, or Jinder, Jinder right. was supposed to do a walkout with him. That's at right. That point. And they nixed it. Or no, they no, no. The hurricane happened, and Jinder had to get to his house. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: well, maybe he could do it in one. Or maybe maybe that's the tie-in with AEW. Maybe Jinder's going to make the jump, so he can walk out Arjan Buhler on he's, one. Buhler says
0: he's been in talks with WWE and AEW. Deport. Sure he has. He's, he's got to be
1: uh, a pretty big star over in India, I would imagine. We're yeah.
0: sirloin beef sons of bitches. I'm here for it. I'm also here for Bloodsport 7. Tom Lawler, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to be there at Bloodsport 7 for Alex Coglin And I'm going to rip his head off again. Why? So threat, threat, that's murder! This is admissible in court, Tom Lawler. I'll tape it back on All right. like it's dumb and dumber, and he's PD the bird. <laughs>